This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 72nd episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the Express Checkup with yours truly, Dr. O. We have our trailer roundup with the new trailer for Marvel's new series, Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. Then we have our recaps of Peacemaker and the Book of Boba Fett. This is definitely a podcast for all you nerds out there, us included. So grab that popcorn, use the bathroom now, and enjoy the 72nd episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Episode 72 here, Ricky Flicks. 72, howdy doody. So, three-day weekend here, Ricky Flicks. We're at the tail end. You watch anything good this weekend? I think I think we all know the answer, and that's Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. I think that I, Peacemaker was great. I loved it. Uh, I don't want to give away too much, so... Uh, but what I did is uh, our uh, good uh, uh, former guest, uh, Scotty Furious, we were hanging out and after the football games, and I just threw on the boys. The boys, because the news of the boys getting uh, coming out, a uh, new season coming in June. So I threw on season uh, episode one. Wow. The boys. Peacemaker doesn't, for me, still not to that level, and we'll see. The boys is just a great show. Really? I like I, I think I mentioned this last episode. I thought the first season of the boys is a little subpar compared to the second. Uh, it's new, it's exciting. I feel like Peacemaker is trying to gain some of those vibes that are given off in this raunchy R-rated style that is the boys. Um, and like almost unrecognizable IP. I get that Peacemaker is like it's a DC supervillain, but very obscure, not a lot of connections to like other DC characters or at least major ones. So I feel like the boys is kind of similar where it's just, it just feels so foreign where it's brand new. It's fresh, you know? Right. But uh, was this after I fell asleep? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I was after the Steelers game after they ripped our hearts out with, I should say, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> ripped our hearts out. And uh, we had, we had a false sense of hope after that. TJ Watt fumble six. That was, that was a we, great I, moment. That was, we just needed one of those moment. moments. One of those. I mean, that was like at the end of the first quarter, we're playing them to a like it was zero lead, zero, right? And then it was so seven like, nothing in the second. Yeah, early in the second, we're up to a seven nothing lead. So, do we have a chance? Do we have a chance? You're saying there's um, a chance. But I think it really turned at the end of the first half there when there was a uh, touchdown to Kelsey right at the end of the half. Killer. And uh, that it was just everything was downhill from there. Yeah. But shout out Steve O for bringing some wings for us. Steve O. Right? bringing some beverages for the adults and uh, it was a great time. And uh, we will continue to watch the playoffs even without our beloved Steelers mm. being participants. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Ricky Flux. I also want to talk about something really quick. You brought up something insane yesterday, something insane regarding your boss. And I think it's forever altered my uh, opinion on one restaurant, that being Dunkin' Donuts. Oh God. This is, Needs to be known. I'm doing my civic duty, right? My responsibility as a U.S. citizen and as a member of 
Not just like Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. Does that go international? Are they in Canada? I think. I think Dunkin'. Either way. Yeah. Whoever, this is for all Dunkin' Donuts customers. Starbucks this is, is I don't huge. So Ricky Flix, we were at a restaurant watching the games, right? Middle of the day. <laughs> Ricky Flix brings up that his boss had went to a Dunkin' Donuts. It was their their son or daughter, right? Yeah. That got yeah. a culotta. Yes. They got a culotta. They were drinking the culotta. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they figured out there was a rat in My, their culotta. Mouse, 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 mouse. A mouse. Is that true? Rats are huge. There was a mouse in the culotta. Confirmed. So Ricky Flix told me this. And this sounds like something that needs to be in the Hartford Current if you're in Connecticut. It should be making national news. I can't believe. This person had a rat in, or excuse me, a mouse in their culotta and didn't feel the responsibility to let everybody know this place is serving mouses in culottas. I am, I go to this Dunkin' Donuts on a regular basis. I will never go to a Dunkin' Donuts again. Mouse in a culotta. That's like finger in the chili type level of craziness from a fast food restaurant. Ricky Flex. Defend this person you work with. So what I'll say is after I mentioned this, another person mentioned another situation at that same Dunkin' Donuts where it happened again. So it's happened twice at the same location. Two, two mice. We're talking. So we've two gone from mouse. separate we, mouses. We've, from, mice. We've, we've gone from mouse to plural. We went to mice. Yes. We've gone from, from mouse Dunkin to Donuts. mice. Yes. Like I, I, you, I almost go like every other day, every once every three days to get my coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. I will never go again. This has ruined my like thoughts on Dunkin' Donuts. And the fact that this person did not report it, did not leave a Yelp review, did not email anyone. I don't know anybody. if they did or not. I didn't ask that. I was just. Well, obviously, so... if you email Dunkin' Donuts, they're not going to publicize this. Oh, definitely not. I just thought we have a duty as someone who communicates with the wider public. That if you go to Dunkin' Donuts, be on the lookout for mice in your culotta. Be on the lookout, but you'll be okay. I don't know how that happens. I don't have, like like you have the straw, you're moving it around, and then you're moving around. It's a culotta. They're thick. It comes out of the machine, so you don't see the. Yes, but like like, a lot of times you're stabbing it. You're putting different holes uh, on the surface of it, the top of it. Oh, what is this hard thing in the middle? It's a freaking mouse. It's a freaking mouse. They're not as Holy big as you crap. think. They're not rats. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, a rat would take up like the whole cup. It would. Depending on the size. But to me, a rodent's a rodent. Does not belong in a beverage. Just wanted to. <laughs> Agreed. Just doing our civic duty. Uh, Ricky Flex. also, I want to talk about uh, a lot of new exciting movies hitting streaming. Tragedy and Macbeth just hit Apple TV. Last Duel on HBO Max. We had Eternals on Disney+. Plus. Phantom Thread. We mm. just had our PTA like rankings, and we just had our review of Licorice Pizza. So Phantom Thread dropping on Netflix. I mean, anything intrigue you and something uh, I guess you have to watch in January before it leaves? Uh, well, Phantom Thread on Netflix, like people. We talked about Paul Thomas Anderson. We praised this man. Go watch Phantom Thread on Netflix. Um, regarding the new movies, I'm not a big Scream guy. I like the original Scream, but the franchise, eh, but this one's getting pretty good reviews. So I might have to check well, it the out. Box office. Yeah, it's doing pretty well. It's making over 30 or 40 million this weekend. So that's pretty good. Uh, Last Duel, like maybe top 10 movie of the year for me. 
I won't get the Oscar recognition that it deserves, but or at least the nominations, but like Ben Affleck, Joni Comer were great. I'd nominate Comer probably, maybe, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to tease our awards later in the year or later uh, coming up, but that's a great movie I would check out. But what I would say is this tragedy of Macbeth. This is a Denzel Washington lead. Francis McDormand, McDormand, Joel Cohen movie. I have no intrigue in this movie. They have promoted this horrendously. These... I feel like there's no hype whatsoever. Everyone thought it was like, it almost has the feel like a last duel. It's only in theaters and right. only four. Apple... It'll make three million at the box office. Right. Continue. Sorry. Apple TV plus did not put enough of a push behind this movie. They made these trailers, the most boring, silent trailers, especially for a black and white movie, like of all time. You got to make it interesting because it's already in black and white. It's already silent. So, and it's a Macbeth, like Shakespearean old type movie. So it's like, you got to get some excitement for this younger audience and you just didn't do it. So, and also That's with the still, older cast, which doesn't help either. Younger just audience seems so ain't formal seeing Macbeth, Ricky Flicks. Younger audience but, ain't touching Macbeth. But like Shakespearean love, like I bet that did numbers That's at the young box actors. That's, That's what I'm saying. I, I don't I mean, know. It's, it's just I not just for think, young people. But that's not that's not the demo. You know? I don't think Apple TV Plus will ever release the streaming numbers correctly. But if they did, I don't think it would do well. I don't think a lot of people will watch this movie, even an older audience that loves a Denzel or a Francis McDormand. Oh, well, it's not going to do well. Eternals has gotten so much more recognition. And like <laughs> that obviously came in theaters like a few months ago. So I'm just saying that Macbeth, yeah, like. Frances McDormand, she's like the queen of an actress for old people. Like, how many freaking 16-year-olds or even 20-year-olds know who Frances McDormand is? And she won an Oscar last year. They don't know her. And so I think the, the marketing sucked, but it just wasn't for younger audiences. They know this is strictly for, like, critical acclaim. This is for, like, Oscar potential. This is awards potential. And uh, it's a Cohen just trying to make, a, like, a bomb-ass movie. You know, I just think he, they don't really care who it's going, go, who's seeing it. And who's able to see it? They obviously Apple TV will be available, but I don't know. It, it looks like, like at least I was going to say at least like Apple TV is, as we said before, working with these great directors, actors. They're putting quality movies up there, but now mm-hmm. they just got to relate more to the audiences that actually will watch these movies. Yeah, and I'm not saying like younger audience should see this movie. I just think that the way it's marketed, I don't think anybody will see this movie. Not even people that love Denzel or love Francis McDormand. Oh, this is like this. I think this is like lined up for like 50 to 60 to 70 year olds who love plays. Yeah. Yeah. Our grandparents. Denzel, Francis McDormand and a Macbeth, a Shakespearean story. Denzel. Cohen's brother directing it. Denzel probably kills it. Like he's probably going to Oscar now. That's the rumor here for this. And he's like, comes from the play background. Right. So like he probably murders this role. He probably like is is this movie entirely, even more so than Francis McDormand by a lot. So I'm actually intri- intrigued to see it for that reason, I guess, but not really at the same time because I'm not not a big play guy. Yeah, I, I like going to see plays. Not necessarily. I don't like seeing them on screen though. It's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Last Duel. Uh, this should have came out on streaming the week after it came out in theaters. They should have just said like, let's put it on HBO Max Definitely. now. Yeah, what are we no doing? Doubt. Like, like it made three million like the first weekend. One of the biggest box office bombs in recent memory. They should have mm-hmm. put it on immediately. Let's just get those numbers up, right? Driver, Damon, Affleck, Comer, get those up. Let's watch it, right? <laughs> Finally, it's there. It's only and it did come out very recently. Uh, Ricky Flex, moving on here a little bit. We have some Oscar news. 
We need to figure out who's hosting the damn Oscars this year. Yes, they've been pushed back. Imagine if they were next month and they just didn't have a host yet. Usually we know early on, but we have some yeah. news that's been coming out. Pete Davidson had been in the rumor mill. He's officially out. Tom Holland's been Shoot. contacted along with uh, Dom, the people are talking about him and potentially Zendaya as a duo hosting it. Tom Holland, obviously, and Zendaya, huge in the news with the biggest movie of the year, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, yeah, No Way Home. Good. I confuse the homes sometimes. And then uh, they talked about Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, and Martin Short from Murders in the Building on uh, Hulu, potentially hosting as a trio. Do we like any of these choices, or do you have some other uh, selections in mind, Ricky Flex? So when you think of Oscar host, right, you're trying to think of who's going to draw on a bigger audience. And we all know the Oscars have gone down in viewership a lot, like in 2017 or 18 or maybe 19, it was like 45 million viewers. And last year it was less than 10 million. So the Oscars are in a huge decline right now. So having a fresh face, like someone with the biggest movie of the year, one of the biggest movies of all time and the star of it, Tom Holland being at the forefront of the Oscars would get viewers. So I think that's a great idea. And mixing it with Zendaya, who's also in that movie, and they are always in the news, like, and being followed by paparazzi, because they're a couple. And also Euphoria just came out, right? So that would be huge as well for the Oscars and draw an even bigger audience. So I think getting these young stars in or around that are from Hollywood type things like this, I think would be big for the Oscars. But if they kind of want to balance the two, then the Martin Short, uh, Steve Martin, Selena Gomez would be the per- like the perfect balance, right? Because Selena Gomez, she is huge on social media. Like I, you know, like Selena Gomez is big, right? But like she's over really, 100 million followers. Yeah, it's insane. She is like one of the like most followed people in the world. So that would be huge. And then mixing it with the older era of a Steve Martin and Martin Short. I'm not a big Martin Short guy. Yeah, that, that's like but, Billy Crystal hosted again, like Steve Martin hops yeah. in and Martin yeah, Short. Yeah, that's a know? good analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big Martin Short guy, like the Santa Claus three, like the escape clause atrocity. <laughs> Like that's awful. what we bring up, but whatever that show is getting actually critical. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's pretty good. Like it's actually a pretty good show. So second season coming with Amy Schumer. Right. So that could be, yeah. that could be good too. Yeah. But uh, I actually don't mind those picks. I like, usually like the Pete Davidson. I cringed at, but Pete Davidson, like the thing about the Oscars, I know they want to attract younger audiences, but can you imagine Pete Davidson actually wearing a suit, like black and white suit to this event and taking <laughs> he would, it seriously? No way. He's going to dress like King of Staten Island and wear like a hoodie and just mm. like he's going to have his like butt his Playboy tattoo on his like neck and he's going to be trying to like ham it up a bit. But like you just won't be able to take him serious for such a prestigious event. I had a couple ideas here, Ricky Flux. Oh, like, wait, wait, before you go to your ideas, just oh, one he, last thought on the Tom Holland thing. I think a worry because like we're, I, I kept talking about positives. A worry is that like he's, he's going to make a push because you hear Kevin Feige is trying to make a push for No Way Home. He's trying to get these superhero films nominated for Oscars. So that could be something net detrimental why the Oscars wouldn't want Tom Holland, the center and face of the MCU now, to host the Oscars when the MCU is trying to make a push to get recognized uh, critically. Mult- multiple films. Right. But the Oscars just don't want to do that. So why would you bring the face of that here yeah no i don't think he's gonna be the host so it's not he's not gonna be the host because like you can't have a host that coincides with the awards which could potentially happen so it makes me think ricky flex who's like a big actor like a younger guy he appeals to all audiences uh doesn't have a movie coming out this year but has been in the oscar conversation before 
This came came to me right before the podcast. We had Hugh Jackman oh, a couple years ago. I'm not going to have host return. ever. I'm not saying to return. I think Tom the best Holland host do, ever. I think Tom Holland would do. I think Tom Holland would do a similar thing as Hugh Jackman. It'd be like basically the same exact thing, except I, I mean Tom Holland's younger, more athletic. It could be even better, honestly. Mm. Um, Ryan Gosling as a host, I think, would be unreal. I, like, he, like he is someone that has the prestige. He's been nominated for Oscars. He doesn't have a movie coming out this year. It almost have, would have that like a wow, wow out of nowhere. He has the charm. He's a great comedic timing, underrated comedic, comedic timing. He's great in conversation with all these actors. You see how like in these press tours, how he interacts. I think he would be an electric host. Like I would be all on board if we had the Goss God, kind of like doing what Hugh Jackman did, like out of nowhere. Like, whoa, what? how is this happening? Uh, thoughts on Gosling as potentially the host. It's a good dancer. You could do something on a musical number or something. Man, that's an interesting one. I don't think so because I don't, I think he has a lot of gripe with the Oscars because he doesn't have one. Ah, yeah. But this is like, it's going to like warm him with the Academy, right? And all the voters, Mm -hmm. like he's going Mm -hmm. to be a host of it. Like, see, I see with the Oscars and he's got nothing coming. Like, why Mm -hmm. not? And like, because like obviously Tom Holland, you talked about his association with No Way Home and like, is it going to get a push for a best picture nomination? You can't have Tom Holland hosting it. Right. Right. So that's right. why Gosling, he has no connection to any of these movies. Just let him go and just uh, be charming. But uh, I had a couple other ideas here too. And I'll let you pitch a couple. Um, if you want to get like, think about Instagram, talk about Selena Gomez, you see how many viewers, how many followers she has. We're talking over a hundred million. And the obvious one, Kevin Hart and the rock just host together. <sighs> I don't usually like the rock, but I do like when they, when he interacts with Kevin Hart, it's not as cringy as people think. I mm-hmm. think the rock is much more cringier on his own. Than he is with Kevin Hart. Agreed. I think Kevin Hart kind of raises his game a little bit. I'm a big um, Central Intelligence fan. I think that was actually a good movie. Like very, like very funny. Right, and I think that'd be good for like bringing in young audiences and older audiences. They like who doesn't like to? Well, is it? You know? Didn't Kevin Hart wasn't he supposed to host the Oscars? Yeah, he was the whole reason why like it went no host because he backed out because of the uh, uh, co- the uh, allegations. He was like or, getting canceled at that time. Right, right. So he's the whole reason why this started. So to have him kind of be back as the first host would be kind of. I crazy. think he would do if he did it with The Rock, though. I think he would do it, wouldn't he? Like who would say I no? Think he would, like I think he would. Say, I think he would say yes. I think he's overcome yeah. that. He has a new Netflix show. Like I, I, I think he's far past this, the cancel culture. Uh, right, attack. and he kind of yeah. has to get back in the game. He's not really doing anything that's really garnering attention right now. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned mm-hmm. the Netflix thing, but who really cares? You know, I don't know. I don't um, know I've seen it. Any uh, what nominations do you have? Like uh, nominations? Like who do you think host? <laughs> Um, okay, so I have a lot of ideas, not gonna lie, but so like real quick, I think Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans would be interesting. I think I think that would have been great. RDJ post MCU, they're not like Chris Evans, like he's doing some work, but RDJ, like what is he doing besides Doolittle uh back in 2020? Like he's been doing nothing. RDJ would be a really interesting one. Um, charismatic, like he would be really fun. Chris Evans, similar to the Goss Gosling, I think in my opinion, um, but maybe like two close ties to the MCU. So maybe not them. Another one I had, Dr. O, Harry Styles. Oh my gosh. That would that be kind of getting the young ones. Yeah. And new superhero, right? He's also like, he's like, he's making his push. Don't worry, darling, this year, this is going to get him like, all right, I am, I am Hollywood. Like I'm going full blown Hollywood here. So that would be big. Um, I have a bunch of joking ones. Like, I had he, also, I like, I, I like, like, I like McBride. I had a potential jokey one, Danny Seth McBride. Rogan. 
Just like, yeah, like a Seth Rogen with Jonah Hill would be cool. Oh, yeah. Or like, uh, maybe I said Steve Carell. Like, Steve Carell is a potential That'd host. That would be a good one. Be cool. Guy's usually in the game, but he's not in the game this year. He's so charming. Yeah. He has like that wit about him. He's not going to go full Michael Scott, but, yeah. you yeah. know, it'll yeah. be great. There's obviously going to be a couple. He did mentions. great when he hosted the ESPYs and Paul Rudd. Remember, he did like yeah. the LeBron James, like, I'm, I'm taking my talents to Outback Steakhouse. Joey's, we had a good run. <laughs> that was good. That, that was, was great. great. They should do That's that. That's a great stuff. YouTube lookup clip. That's an all time yeah. YouTube lookup clip. Paul Rudd um, and Steve Carell combo, like Anchorman style, would be electric. Like Will Ferrell, maybe, and Paul Rudd, they just had a show together. Like, ooh, Will I don't know. Ferrell, we're boiling now. Pot like is boiling. And then I also think about likability. I think Keanu Reeves would be like decent. I had Keanu. It, but I think it's just going to be like he can't maintain that like humor. I think through the entire time he's just so charming, so likable. Everyone's going to watch calories if he's hosting. Mm-hmm. And then I had uh, in the same vein as Danny McBride, I had Jack Black. <laughs> Jack Black as a host, I think would be amazing. Just do um, TikTok dancing. And he he can do musical numbers, but it's like not like Funny. Broadway. He'll do like a rock and roll type of thing. That's a good one. I like uh, that he, one. He doesn't have the shine. That he used to, but I still think he was a draw, like Jack Black. Like that that name it just rings in Hollywood no matter what Great he's name. doing at the time. All-time name. He's absolutely electric on social media. He like the, mm-hmm. my favorite clip of him is with on Fallon. He takes the fake saxophone, he's going crazy yep. with it. You know, he's not afraid to let Here loose. We go, and he works well with everyone. And all of his movies, he plays well off all the supporting cast. I think he'd be amazing as a host. That's my last one um yeah that's a good one i like that one um i have a bunch like kind of joking ones but i think that actually would work um like owen wilson i think would be good him and vince vaughn him and vince vaughn would be good oh ricky ricky (laughs) ricky blister and like owen wilson's back so like vince vaughn's coming back like that would be pretty good there's rumors wedding crashing wedding crashes too when's it gonna start they announced it oscars night You got like Vince Vaughn going full Jeremy Gray all night, right? Just yep. like livening people up, warming them up, almost like the internship too. This is like technically like, yeah, this is like their third movie. They had the Wedding Crashers. They had intern- the internship or interns. Internship. Intern- the internship. And now we have the Oscars. And then yep. leading into Wedding Crashers too. I think that's a great, that's my favorite one. I'm putting yeah. it down now. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> let's, start, let's start the... Uh, Let's start the support. Let's let's get, let's get the rally going. Yes. Right? Let's get the yes. hashtags going. Okay. Wilson Vaughn for Oscars for the actual number, not FOR. Done. Um, good. So that's going to do it for that Oscar talk. Let's now move on to uh, the checkup this week. We've got some juicy news. Ricky Flex, you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Let's check the audiences up. Leslie Grace has shared a first look at Batgirl from DC. The movie will also feature J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon, Michael Keaton as Batman, and Brendan Fraser as the villain Firefly. Next, several Hollywood Porter, the Hollywood Reporter sources say issues have been resolved about Letitia Wright's vaccination status on the set of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Also, Winston Duke has negotiated a hefty pay raise for his role in Black Panther Wakanda Forever due to having an expanded role in the film. Will he be the next leader of Wakanda? Next, a sequel series to the Santa Claus in the works at Disney Plus with Tim Allen set to reprise his role. The Disney Plus Santa Claus sequel will find 
Tim Allen's Scott Calvin approaching his 65th birthday and realizing he can't be Santa forever. Scott sets out to find a suitable replacement Santa while preparing his family for a new adventure and a life south of the pole. Next, Kendrick Lamar, Dave Free, and South Park co-creators Matt Stone and Trey Parker are set to produce an untitled comedy. Oh my God, what a, what a core four. The film follows a black man interning as a slave reenactor at a museum who discovers that his white girlfriend's ancestors once owned his. Whoa. Next, Denzel Washington says that he is scheduled to do the Equalizer 3 soon. Antoine Fuqua is in talks to return to direct. Shout out Queen Latifah. Next, Guy Ritchie's film starring Jake Gyllenhaal has been acquired by Amazon and MGM. The film follows a local Afghan interpreter who risks his life to carry a U.S. sergeant to safety. The sergeant then decides to return to the war zone to retrieve Ahmed and his family. Next, and finally, to wrap up the checkup, Netflix is planning to shoot back-to-back Red Notice sequels, whether you like it or not. Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds are all expected to return with the aim to begin filming in early 2023. That's going to do it for the checkup this week. Ricky Flex, which headline here do you want to start with? Batgirl costume. Interesting. Right, that's a good place to start. Good place to start. It's interesting. It's very leathery. It's uh, if you compare it to the other Batgirl costumes, like in the '90s, with um, what's the girl from Clueless? Her name? Alicia Alicia Silverstone. Yes, thank you. And then uh, like the TV series Batgirl back like the Adam West era, that was like the most purple of purples. The Batgirl. Uh, Silverstone, whatever. Uh, that was very black. This one's like a purple, blue, black mix, which I like. Very leathery. Looks more like a jacket, not a costume. But I think, I don't know if I love it. I'm not a big fan. I'm not, I don't hate it. But what I do like is that Leslie Grace in her post announcing this did a year one Batgirl post, which was pretty cool. She had a quote from uh, Batgirl Year One, the 2003 comic, which is telling me this is probably going to be based off of comic books. The The costume looks like the comic book in Year One. is similar to that. So I do like the devotion to the comics from the actress here and the actual project. I'm gaining steam with this project, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the costume or the project as a whole, leaning away from a Batman and DCEU. Yeah. So the costume itself, I'm not a fan. I'm just going to be like frank with you. It's not just the leather, which there's a lot of it. I feel like they're going to see like a Y&T or a Cinderella concert. And like, she's going like hair, hair metal know, band, like, like, like talk about peacemaker later. I'm trying to make a connection there. You feel like you're going to a hair metal 80 show, but I also want uh, not even a, but it's just uh it doesn't feel like it belongs in the same like universe as like a Michael Keaton, Batman, like the way it's so bright and then like the material of the Keaton suit. And then you have like Leslie Grace here is supposed to be like the Batgirl to Keaton's Batman. You got Commissioner Gordon, right? J.K. Simmons. It just feels a little too vibrant for the tone that like J.K. Simmons has been accustomed to from his brief time in the DCEU. I'm still not sold on this movie. I'm not sold like on Brendan Fraser being this villain. I can see like being active and like, more like more uh mobile than stationary right in the, this role against like a, obviously a very athletic looking Batgirl like what is this actually going to look like 
Uh, I need more details first, and uh, I got to make like a. I will not judge it necessarily until the trailer, but I don't dig the suit too much. It's pretty loyal to the comics, though, but almost has a CW vibe, which is never a good sign. Mm, I don't never. Like, I don't like when he mentioned CW. It's something that I'm not looking forward to, but something that's important. I don't like very that. leathery. The leather gives a CW vibe for sure. You're, I, I hate to admit it, but you're correct. Very CW vibe. You're right, but I think that. We, I think this gives us some direction of what this movie's going to be about. If it's going to be because of the post, the quote, and year one. So it's like, oh, it's going to be Barbara Gordon, you know, right? She's the commissioner's daughter, right? And she's going to become from the computer to actually a crime fighter. That's the we're, we're going to see an origin movie. That's what it looks like here, which I like to see because we're having a lot of good. Like recently, we're not doing origin movies anymore, especially in the DCEU. It's like we're just picking up. Oh, right after they get their talents or something like that, or their uh, powers. So I do like this. What I'm kind of nervous with is that something that you mentioned, which this looks like a vibrant suit and the CW vibe, but we have JK Simmons as the dad and he wasn't very active in justice league or Snyder cut, right? There's very little of him in that. Uh, and then, right. Yeah. He, his fingerprints were really on it. Right. But Leslie Grace and his chemistry on the screen. I don't know how it's going to work. We'll see how we'll see. And then Brent Frazier as well. It's just it just seems like all these pieces and Michael Keaton, just a lot of different pieces that have to piece together, but I don't know how it's gonna work. See, I, I just want to see like what universe it's really embedded in. Is it gonna be it's obviously gonna be the DCU with like JK Simmons and everything, but in that situation, has Affleck interacted with this Barbara Gordon before? <laughs> Will that be addressed? Will they just ignore it completely after? like Affleck's final performance in the flash, right? What's Does he die in the flash? And then this is the new Batman like that you're saying. I think that's a safe guess. I think that's a safe prediction. Uh, and I think the trailer is kind of le- uh, like hinted at that with uh, the, the cracked cowl in the flash. If you recall, if they show Ben Affleck's Batman dying. God, these Snyder cut fans, us, we have gone through enough. If they show Ben Affleck dying without even getting a Batman movie, they got to write him out. Crazy. They got to write him out. They have to. He's going to die. He has to. Or else he's just like, what? Like, what do you think is going to happen? He's going to exist. But yeah, but you think if he's Batman is retired, he's not going to interact with Batgirl. Or this is Flashpoint or it's Flashpoint related. Could be that. Where they just uh, erase what's happened before, and then they yeah, just clean erase slate. the Snyder cut. Yeah, and still just keep the Commissioner Gordon. Exactly. Either way, um, they hinted at like a new suit for Keaton in this movie too, from some leaked images from the set, a mural of like Keaton's Batman. Now as a chin strap, a little different looking suit, but also as a Robin with a very classic look, uh, in terms of like almost like a Burt Ward esque or like early comics of Robin wearing like the bright yellow cape and the bright red suit. Right. And he's got like the leotards on, you know, and the tights on. So it makes me, uh, we had a conversation off recording. This might introduce a, a Nightwing into the fold. Possibly. And there's, there's been rumors of a Nightwing movie for years now. Chris McKay was is supposed to direct an upcoming movie. Do you think this movie is going to introduce us to uh, a Dick Grayson for the DCEU? I think so. I, I, I do. I do. I think that they're going on these different paths of not core DC characters. Right. We're not having a Batman movie. We're having a Batgirl movie. We're not having a Superman movie. We're doing not like we're still having a Superman movie with Michael B. Jordan, but it's not like a part of the DCEU. So I think they're going to continue with these side characters or non-core, uh, non-core DC heroes. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to introduce Nightwing. 
And the Titans show on HBO Max is very popular. And Nightwing is now Nightwing in that. And he's very popular as well. So this is like a great opportunity. I'm not saying cast that person. I'm just saying, yes, I think you got to do someone completely different. Yeah, just to separate the show from DCEU. I think you got to do yeah. that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that this is a successful character, whether it's through that or Teen Titans, like anything. It's time for a movie. It's been way too long since a Robin's been in a movie. Right. And it's only happened twice. You had the Batman yeah. 1966. Then you had, obviously, Chris O'Donnell in the earlier Batman. JGL, like the come Schumacher back. movies. No, JGL will not come back and play Robin. <laughs> he is on the comeback tour right now, which we He's definitely trying. support. But I don't, I don't think I like him as a Robin. I want a younger Nightwing. Uh, I, I think the Titan show is intriguing because, like, it's gained popularity with this last season. Uh, having that Robin character, people love that character. Brenton Thwaites, that guy from Pirates of the Caribbean, right, from a couple years ago. He, uh, I don't know, he, he's kind of livened up that character. So if they want to give him a movie shot, I don't necessarily, like, love that. But based on the popularity of the series, it, it could happen, especially with that. This is coming out on HBO Max. And I will say, right? it's getting popular to, like, TV series to – cinematic you got charlie cox and vincent d'onofrio daredevil and kingpin coming to the big screen or dude at least one of them did speaking of charlie cox did you see that news that charlie cox lived with andrew garfield and uh andrew garfield jamie dornan wow i did not see in this the same house and someone else give me one sec uh, i i screenshotted the tweet because i was like holy crap this is incredible so Jamie Dornan shared uh, a house with Andrew Garfield, Charlie Cox, Eddie Redmayne, and Robert oh. Pattinson. Oh, that house is insane. But they, they at the time, none of them were successful. Was this it was pre- crazy? Was right, before, right before Twilight, they were all living together. How old There's were a bunch they? of pictures that were shared. They must have been like 19, 20 years old. Like, what were they doing? Like, are they on the same film They school? were trying to make it. They're all trying to m- make it. You know? I, I, I don't know if they were all uh, going to film school Eddie, or not. You have Oscar winner. You have... Suit Batman, you have Daredevil, AMCU. Like that is an insane you got 50 house. Shades of Grey. You yeah. got like a potential Oscar nominee too with Jamie Dornan. You got man, Rhea, imagine Daredevil. You got a winner with Redmayne. Insane, insane. That that house. That's just Hollywood stars in a house. Like that's absurd. Yeah, I, I want I want to hear some pads and stories about this house. That, that house who, must who, have stories. Who, who do you think is the wild card in that group? I think it's Dornan. I don't know if he's a wild card. I think he would be the ladies' man, obviously, Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. Well, then Charlie Cox Pattinson, is probably Pat- the wild card. I would say Pattinson might be the wild card. You see the mm-hmm. way like he takes those image, those pictures and everything? He's just a little, he looks like he's think, knocked out of his mind. He's, yeah. he's, he's definitely like an outlier. You know, he's outside. Yeah, he, he, he kind of has that Leo vibe where like he's like, he could do anything. Like he could be vaping in the corner. Like, <laughs> like you like, know, like he could do whatever. Whereas like Charlie Cox, he might be like getting like I don't know like getting after Andrew Garfield very charismatic performing wise. Then you have Jamie Dornan see, slinging ladies. Jamie, uh, I, this is how I see it. Charlie Cox definitely the captain. He's running point. Like he's telling, <laughs> okay, we're going here. Okay, whatever, whatever. The organizer, you know, probably, leader, one of the most mature, I guess, out of the group. I agree. That's I a good. Yeah, mature. Jamie Dornan definitely like just ladies man. He's just he's just wheeling and dealing all night. Mm. Then you have Eddie Redmayne probably wears like a two button polo everywhere yes, they go. He's definitely the reserve character Robert Pattinson is the guy who's probably whacked out of his mind and like he's like who's that guy like he's cool but he's kind of weird that's that, that that's <laughs> he always Pattinson. seems zoned out and then uh yeah that's it 
I think I just that Andrew that's Garfield. definitely the lineup. And Andrew Garfield, Andrew, it's oh, like Andrew he, Garfield. he gets after it. Andrew Garfield is the guy who will just like break out in Broadway in Broadway tune, like in the middle of a party. <laughs> I don't know. Even though he didn't do it before TikTok. But he's just also but, just the guy who's good vibes only, you know? He's yeah, just that's make sure what, everyone we're like, just let's like, go okay, out tonight. We we're going out tonight. We're going out tonight. Right. Let's, oh, look, why are you so down right now? We're having a great time. We're in Hollywood. We're trying to be these actors. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to hit a big time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just going to be like positive vibes. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. I think we that's broke it down well. That's pretty good. That's a clip right there. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh. Any any other like uh portions of this checkup you want to touch upon, Ricky? Books before we move on to our peacemaker and book of Boba Fett recap. Like Black Panther. Seems like Winston Duke got paid and might be a leader in this franchise. Kudos to him. Like they kind of lined that up previously. Yeah. They kind of yeah. lined that up. So and like hopefully, like everything's kosher there with the vaccination status. It seems like with at least the teacher, right? It seems like it is. There's a report today that came out, and it seems like everyone's good with each other and the chemistry's back on. So hopefully, like that's all settled. But I think that's really it. Like Santa Claus, like Martin Short, I told you earlier, not a big guy, but I just think that. The, synop- the plot here might be obvious where he needs to find a replacement. He might find a replacement and he's like, oh, this is great next Santa. But then he's like, my son wants it. I should give it to my son. Like, I think that's what's going to happen. Or you got what's his face coming back? The guy from. Uh, he was in White Castle with he was partners with Finch. Uh, they were the, the Jews that were together. He was oh, the guy. Yeah. What's his name? I don't know. What's his name in the Santa Claus? The Santa Claus cast. Let's search. I, I know who you're us. talking about, but I don't know his name. Santa Claus. What if they cast. just killed it's him a- again? Like in the like people forget the first Santa Claus, Santa dies. They kill David Santa Crumholtz, Claus. Bernard, Bernard. Bernard. What if Bernard, Bernard becomes the next Santa? That Ugh. might happen. No that way. could happen. But what if like they again, but what if they Jewish. killed Tim Allen's Santa Claus on screen? People forget they killed Santa Claus on screen in the first one. Oh, people don't forget. Oh, people don't forget. It's insane. <laughs> they killed <laughs> Santa. Dude, if Bernard becomes Santa, this name, this actor's name is David Crumholtz. Like, you can't have David Crumholtz become Santa Claus. That just makes no sense. But yeah, it should be, it should be a son. It should be a son. Yeah, for that's sure. what I, that's what I think will happen. But like, I love how Disney has no shame about like taking advantage of these IPs. Like, they they're just <laughs> no like, shame. Oh, Santa Claus, Disney Plus. Okay, let's get a series going, right? We did Home Alone, like Home Alone. Home like, Alone. We don't need a sequel. Like, okay, let's go. We got to, we got to get these numbers up, right? So, like, they already have like these Pixar shorts. They have these uh, MCU like Disney Plus series. And there's like, let's just keep producing. Let's just keep, let's keep creating. Right now, they they get it. They know they're not going to hit everything, right? And but they're only going to hit what really needs to be hit. Like they could find is, like their Ted Lasso or something like that. You right. Know, they, they, they've been trying with the Mighty Ducks, you know, like they've been doing that Emilio Estevez show. Like they're just trying, or sorry, not that one. Um, Game Changers. John Stamos. Oh, and last John shot. Stamos, last shot. Thank you. Like they've been trying and they all been failing. So they're just going to keep trying. And you know what? Power to them. They obviously have the power. I will not be watching. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think Tim Allen kind of needs this. Like he, like, we just mm-hmm. have. And like Disney, people thought he was like, dead. It was trending as in he was dead. Remember that? I do remember that. He's just like a classic guy. You think, oh, is he dead? He hasn't done anything. And like, he's like, he was so big in the 90s. Like, just, last man standing so was irrelevant. big uh, last decade. But like, it just makes me think like they're giving him something to do because they feel bad that he's not voicing Lightyear in the upcoming movie. Mm, that's where mm. Chris Evans is. Like, is hey, that what you got think some, this happened? And you we think- got some. 
we got something for you to do. You can play the Santa Claus again. You actually look like Santa now, so it makes oh, sense. Oh, you, 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 Doctor. He's not obese though. He's not obese. Though. Not obese though. But he's gray. He's gray. You know, it, yeah, it works yeah, better. Yeah. It makes sense. We're old shaming now. <laughs> yeah, you're right though. It's gonna be controversial if they decide to kill him. It's a, it's a big decision. Like, how is it gonna work again? Yeah. Like, is he gonna pass it on? You can't do that. It's not in the Santa Claus. It's not the rules. Not in the Santa Claus. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the checkup this week. Uh, let's, let's now move on to our recap of Peacemaker from James Gunn. Okay, Ricky, we got a uh, Peacemaker, HBO series, DC series coming from the one and only James Gunn, who directed The Suicide Squad, starring the likes of Idris Elba, John Cena, right? Daniela Melanquar. We had uh, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. The list goes on and on. Amazing cast, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Now we have a spinoff, right? Technically a sequel series from James Gunn following the end of Suicide Squad, starring John Cena, focusing on him, and then expanding on the supporting cast members that were featured in the in the Suicide Squad, such as Jennifer Holland as Emilia Harcourt. You have uh, Stephen Agee as John Economia. Economics? Economics? Is that right? I don't know. What's his name? Is that econ- economics sounds right. Yeah. So it's a interesting cast. You get the main star in Cena, but it's this uh, this has been quite an electric ride after the first three episodes dropped last week. First off, Ricky Flex, what do you think of the opening intro to this show? So I think it's great to have like to showcase this. It's something different. I think it appreciates everyone, right? Because like usually you skip you skip the credits. It's, it's like trying to say don't skip the credits. Watch this dance number, right? Make people watch it and like appreciate everyone that's come together to put this show together. Right. And I love the idea of it and them doing it. I think it's funny, but I still skip it every single time. I watched it the first what? time. What? That is I a sin. I, I, I still skip it. I saw it once Ricky. and I've been seeing it on social media all the time. So I'm just skipping it. I haven't skipped it once and I've rewatched. I've seen the three episodes. I've rewatched the, 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 the first two again. I'm going to rewatch the third later tonight. And you're going to watch. Touched, the, yeah. I've not touched the skip button once. <sighs> This is changing that that uh, that precedent that is set with all streaming shows. First off, the song is fire, right? It's a good, I, it's I, a good song. I misspoke at the beginning of this. I was just like, "What do you think of the opening song?" I meant to say the opening credits and the sequences and whatever. And I was mm. punching myself in the head. I'm like, "God, you messed it up, Doctor O." But <laughs> I saw through it. Do you really want to? Do you really want to taste it? Electric song. It sets the tone. This is gonna be raunchy. You got freaking John Cena choreographed dance moves with this guy toilet bowl on his head toilet bowl on his head 
You got Jennifer Holland with the stiff moves and the pump in the hands. You got the guy from uh, Outsource. Remember that show? <laughs> On the mop. The, right? the janitor, yeah. Yeah, doing dance moves with the mop. Steven Agee making his moves. Robert Patrick from Terminator 2. Hip yeah. thrusting, right? Which is probably the most electric part. I <laughs> thought the opening credits are amazing. I will never skip it. I've even watched it on Twitter multiple times. Netflix, yeah. no reenactments. <laughs> no reenactments. But, you no, know, I, like, I saw it on Twitter a bunch. But when I'm watching, it's just like, I just want to get to the episode. So I watched it the first time, get the flow. I'm like, all right, that's what it's going to be every time. I think if they want to get people to really watch it every time, you do a different dance number for every episode. That's too much effort. <laughs> I'll tell you I'm that. I'm just saying, if you really want to get people to watch it every time, that will oh, do it. Because I will watch every single one and then rank. I will write a blog and rank which are the best ones. That would be awesome. I- I, th- I was thinking before we recorded this, it'd be a great top billing for movie intro, like sequences, opening credits. Like what, what is the best? Yeah, like during version? the credits. Yeah. Yes. Not necessarily just James a song. Kind of We're not talking that, just but... song, but like, yes, where it's like what's happening as the credits are rolling, the combination of the actions with the song. Pink Panther, James Bond, like those exactly. kind of dominate those, but. Oh yeah. Big time. Uh, so Ricky Flux, let's dive into the show a little bit. Anticipation going in. Were you looking forward to this? Like following the suicide squad? As the opening uh, project for DC this year, were you hyped to see Peacemaker? Incredibly hyped. Like, I, this was, I remember when we did the Suicide Squad review, this was highly anticipated for us. We love James Gunn. We love Guardians of the Galaxy. We love that. Like, he's like the perfect guy for the Suicide Squad. These quirky characters that are just forgotten about, or not forgotten, but just not very well known. And then he just makes them into stars. Like, this is what the Suicide Squad did. And the best part of that, in my opinion, was Peacemaker and John Cena. I thought he was the best part of the Suicide Squad. So when it got announced that he was getting a show, it just made too much sense because he clearly, after seeing the Suicide Squad, it made sense why there was a show coming out. He was like, you hear all these rumors that there's going to be a rat catcher, blood sport duo show, or there's going to be like all these different types of shows. This is clearly why it's the first one, because he was the best part of it. And I think the show really puts on display like how, like you said, use the word raunchy. Like this is raunchy, but it's highly entertaining. Highly, it's high pace. The music's hair metal type. You have dog house or uh, what's, like, you have a bunch of these songs. I can, now I'm losing it, but uh, what's the what's Great the white? Don't dream oh, me no, bad. Cinderella. Firehouse. Cinderella. Oh, Firehouse. Cinderella. Yeah, you have all these. Tom Keeper and the boys. Tom, Tom Keeper and the boys. The best. The best mixed, uh, combination of blues and rock. Or blues and metal. <laughs> <laughs> our dad but, would have loved that scene but yeah i like, loved it it's just like it makes sense why with through all these oddball forgotten characters that james gunn excels with and he did in the suicide squad peacemaker was the best of those he gets the first show and the first three episodes set the tone just like it did in the suicide squad but even up another level because it's just peacemaker as in he's the sole part of it and john cena proves in this that yeah he can carry it you brought up one of the most intriguing aspects, the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack is uh, James Gunn. We associate Guardians of the Galaxy, like those 70s, 80s tunes, mainly 60s and 70s, I should say, from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and how they're perfectly wounded into this uh, space epic, right? Through the first two of those movies. Mm-hmm. Then Suicides, the Suicide Squad, 
did a decent job with the music. This one perfectly nails this hair metal era that you know John Cena grew up in, thrived in as Christopher Smith, aka WWE superstar. Like this is like it fits everything right. going on. He's accused of like I don't know. It's just like classic like like white masculine music that matches the character <laughs> that is his dad's a racist. Exactly. So that, that's that's like kind of how it's kind of like bouncing around that, that part. But yes. So I love hearing these songs because I feel like I'm in the back of my dad's car back in 2008 and we're ripping Y&T summertime girls. So I guess like the, <laughs> that was with the, with the windows pumping. And then he's that like, was a great scene. Very so nostalgic. <laughs> it, it just shows like the musical timing of James Gunn and he doesn't veer away from the hair metal. So if it's like a serious scene, he'll go with a more serious hair metal song. Yeah, like he, he, not he stays with it, the theme. He stays with you the theme. You have to. You have to. It's just like he is so committed to the vibe of this show and the character that is Peacemaker. It's perfect. So and we had our brother. Uh, so we had uh, Michael. Big Mike. I, we know this series is coming out. We knew Michael was going to love this series because he loves 80s hair metal. I asked Michael. Hey, what do you think of the series? And he says, I haven't seen the show yet, but I've listened to the soundtrack that's posted on Spotify like at least three times through. And it shows you like what hair metal means to Mike. And I can't wait for him to actually watch this. He'll be on to discuss the finale with us. Has to, has to. But to kind of get him back to the show a little bit. Sorry, I think that was kind of tangent there. Oh, no, 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 no. This is great. I, the show is awesome. I, I Like I said in the beginning, I don't, I don't think it has the, it's up to the boys yet, but it could be. It could be just because it has a big star and it's a great filmmaker around it. So it only could, three episodes. Yeah, we're only three episodes in. But um, I do think just watching this, John Cena was meant for this. We Dude. talked about in the Suicide Squad, like how this was his last shot to be a su- superhero, right? And how he was denied other superhero roles. And he recently talked about that. Like he tried out for Deadpool yep. and other things like Cable, that. Shazam. Cable. Yeah, Shazam. Yes, he tried out for Shazam. Everyone so, thought he was going to be Shazam. Right. So, and then he's also, he also tried to do like the drama route. Like he also tried to be in drama, drama movies, like serious movies. Didn't really work out. He's he's in like movies, like uh, that firefighter movie, like uh, all for kids, family comedies. But what is he best at? He's best at like the R rated comedies, like uh, lockers, lockers, or uh, the sisters movie with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. And he's a drug dealer. Yeah. 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 Like, this is perfect for him. Him utilizing his his body, his physical presence and uh, athleticism to go along with his raunchiness, his comedic elements, and working with the perfect filmmaker for that with the humor and bloody action sequences and the choreogra- uh, choreographed fight scenes. It's, it's too perfect of a combo. He was meant for this. I'm just so happy for him. And I can't wait to see the rest of the season. To quote the kids, like John Cena as Peacemaker understands the assignment. Like he just yes. is perfect. Like he just knows what he needs to do. It's like garner attention. It's him and those whitey tighties in those musical numbers, just like committed to the music, just getting lost in the character. And I, I don't blame like those. I, I hear those stories of like the whole cast laughing as they're doing the scenes. I hundred percent believe that it's John Cena dancing in tidy whiteies. That's unbelievably funny. Right. And then it's leading into an extremely gory battle where he's getting stabbed. And he's like, uh, it, it's just like, and then it's leading to this, uh, this next episode where it picks off right where it left off. Like, it's just it's the end of the third episode and the end of the second episode were great. Like, the first episode Everything was good. Everything connects immediately. Yeah. Like it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It connects immediately. Like, the first episode I thought was, it was good, not great. I thought it was good. 
as in, hey, you saw like uh, you saw like it was pretty straightforward. It picked up right after the Suicide Squad. It gave you a great one minute recap of it, by the way. So you Excellent. have that. And it show, it picks up right after the suicide squad. It's just five months after he's in the hospital, right when you saw in the post credit scene, and you sh- and like you could just see like it doesn't rely on the past movie, but it's very straightforward from the last movie. I think that's key here, and it did I, it very well. I wanted to talk about like how this movie. I don't feel like this is a DC movie whatsoever, except for the part you have like them poking fun at other DC characters. Yes. Like when it's John Cena acting, this is such an obscure character. I know nothing about Peacemaker outside of the Suicide Squad. I have no idea who is actual, like who's his adversary in the comic books. I know nothing about him, nothing. And so like, they bring up like Batmite to poke fun at like Batman and like this character is two feet tall. Does this guy really exist? And mention Aquaman. Aquaman was my next one. So it's like right at the beginning, they're poking fun at it. So it's just like, they feel like it stands on its own. Like it really, it has the suicide squad to kind of line up and set everything up. But like, I, there's not a lot of references other than like, they talk about blood sport in the beginning. Right. And these characters backgrounds, but like after episodes two and three, you're getting to know these characters based off the experiences we're seeing them in. And uh, there's also some interesting dynamics with the supporting cast. Uh, specifically with Adebayo. Adebayo, that's this character. I was like curious, like how is this like big, like black girl? How is she going to fit in with this like superhero show? And I think they have some interesting dynamics where she is the daughter of Amanda Waller. That is nuts. I was just like, oh that, man, this that is- was a good twist. I like that. It gets it makes story her so line. Much it makes more her intriguing. It makes her more important. It makes her more of an impact and intriguing, like you just said. And. I think that it was like he's she's the one character that wasn't in the Suicide Squad out of the group. So it brings a different element of that as well, saying, all right, let's bring in an outcast. Like also another storyline. Even with that, that's a storyline. But now it's actually a serious storyline with Amanda Waller, who's arguably the second biggest character that showed up in this besides John Cena. And she couldn't be more different. And like they're hinting at like the skill that she has and how she will be an asset to this group, how Amanda Waller believes in her. And if Amanda Waller believes in her, She's cutthroat, you know, like, so mm. you're just like, you're waiting for that moment. She's going to have, she's got great comedic time. And I was nervous. She was just going to be comic relief, but there's obviously something bigger at hand here. The only one I don't really enjoy. I don't really like Steven Agee that much. He's um, kind of annoying. So James Gunn in his movies, like he throws a lot of jokes at the wall. Not all of them stick. A lot of the ones that Steven Agee are throwing at the wall. They're not sticking in my, in I, my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of supporting cast, like I think Jennifer Holland's fine as hardcore. I think uh, Robert Patrick is great as Augie Smith, like the dad. And I think uh, Danielle Brooks is good as Adebayo. But I think Stephen Agee is kind of the weak link here. I think Danielle Brooks is really good. I, I really do like her. Um, I think Jennifer Holland's great. I, I yeah. think she's great. I, I do think she's great. And like the fight scene and then the slow motion hair metal at the bar. And then it's like, holy crap, that was hot. Like John Cena, Peacemaker says yeah. that. Oh, their interactions are amazing. Because they she's like, have she's the best straight interactions. Man. She's right. a straight man. And but like, she's also like funny. Comedic. She also has her own comedic jokes as well. Like uh, in the band, right. Jennifer Holland uh, to uh, Daniel Brooks, uh, Leota at a bio or whatever. But she's my favorite side character by far. She's great. And I like the bands between John Cena and her. But Vigilante comes in close. He is say, hilarious. We're, we haven't brought a vigilante or Mern. <laughs> Mern is great too. Mern is an amazing character with Shwudi Awuji. Mern. Mern. The guy who's running the show, Ricky Flex. 
Ricky. James Gunn just cast him in Guards of the Galaxy 3 because he was so good. Are you talking about Clemson? That's him. Oh, oh, his last name's Mern. Okay, okay, okay. Got no, it, but I think I, I think he's amazing with like he has no emotion. He's a good like, straight man. Like he's he is amazing. Him and Jennifer Holland. Jennifer Holland's also the love interest. But every scene that you were talking about with Vigilante, I like. He's the funniest character in the show. He's like their Deadpool, <laughs> but more naive, and he's not uh, accustomed to actually having as, success. And not just, as mature he's, in quotes. He's like a high school level Deadpool. That's yes, how, that's, that's how a good, I kind of look good at. Comp. That's a good comp. And I love that part where it's like Peacemaker. He's like, they're fighting these butterflies, quote unquote, characters I've never heard of in DC Comics. He's like aiming the gun. He can't shoot the kid, even though he's like technically like an alien or whatever the frick he is, right? Then here comes Vigilante. He's like, may I see this? And then like he comes in and just snipes everybody. He's just clearly talented, but it also shows that like you have Peacemaker has a line, which you didn't think he had before. Where it's like he's just killing everybody. He doesn't care. He's notoriously known as a villain, but they're just going. They're going to some more depth here, which I like. And they're exploring these characters, and you're seeing that through the first three episodes. He's not pure evil. As like the Suicide Squad, they're all villains. You assume they're all evil. You know, yeah, so that makes sense. I, I like what they're doing here. Yeah, I, I do think there are some overdone moments with the comedy, and there's oh, yeah. some other. You know, Steve Agee and the John Economics, whatever the Economos, whatever the heck that you pronounce. I think it. it's Economos. That's right. Economos. Yeah. Um, I do think there's some, but I do think that overall, the group as a as a whole, but also just John Cena and then other people like uh, Jennifer Holland's character, even a Leota Adebayo or the Mern character, Clemson Mern, um, they just have great banter, which make it so entertaining to watch, even in those quote unquote slower scenes. That's what carries it, right? Like, I'm sorry, that's what keeps it moving. The action sequences, the gory, the darkness of it, and the actual big climatic, uh, like, around the butterfly, the intrigue around the butterflies, right? That's what's going to carry the show, but what's going to move the show, like, keep it, like, keep you intrigued throughout the episode. Is this banter? Is this, are these interactions? And that's all about how Cena interacts with the supporting cast and how how good they are. And it shows that the supporting cast is up to the task. They bounce so well off one another and they really set the tone during that scene where they're at the re- Italian restaurant and they talk about what is like misogyny and what is not. And like in, uh, in terms of like, like what Cena thinks is inappropriate and first what he thinks is appropriate, like that scene, like set the tone, like this is what like these conversations are going to be like. Everyone's going to chime in. They're going to have their time to shine, but ultimately it's going to rely on. John Cena and his ability to carry the scene and like bring up, bring up these comedic moments. Um, that also got to bring up that vigilante scene. Uh, favorite scenes, favorite I need scenes. to say. Favorite scenes I saw. I, 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 it was the first episode. Vigilante when he's himself, when he's not in costume. When he goes out to the back, he finds out Peacemaker is like back. He's out of prison, and he talks about that he's dancing, oh. he's doing his butt dance. And the guy came out, and he was saying, "Like I'm trying to hook you up, with my cousin." And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I was celebrating my uh, my girlfriend is uh, pregnant and stuff like that." So why are you celebrating? Because we're getting an abortion. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> it was the most like it was laugh out loud funny, raunchy, inappropriate, but I just can't help but laugh the entire time. <laughs> That was so funny. That was unbelievable. <laughs> that was I really cannot, good. When I saw that, I was like, holy crap. I can't believe like they even mentioned that as a scene. It was just yeah. stupid funny. That um, was really good. Let's see what right here. Is there anything you want to wrap up here? Um, 
Yeah. So we're, we're excited. Like, what do you anticipate? Like, what do you want to see? I guess next episode, episode four coming up. The Robert Patrick character, uh, the dad, his dad, Peacemaker's dad, looks yep. like he's going to have a big role because he's in jail and you see that he's like a leader of this white supremacist group. vibes. Yeah. And it's just weird, but he's going to have a big role, Robert Patrick. So I'm interested. Are we going to have a dad versus son showdown at some point? I'm intrigued in that. Um, and I think that another thing that we get is similar to going back in the beginning of this conversation, kind of to wrap this whole thing up, like the whole circle here is that we do get answers to a lot of the weird things organically, like such as like how Peacemaker came about his influence and origin, like from his father, and he's going to have a bigger role in this. And then his helmet, like even something stupid as the toilet bowl helmet. Right. And then you see like organically, he's like, I need a new helmet. And then you see, oh, that's why his dad's so like influential in this. And you get all these Raising things happening organically. Right. So I think that just goes also to James Gunn, the writing, actual directing as well. I think it's very, uh, very well done. So overall, like definitely going to the future, Robert Patrick character is going to be the one I'll be on the, like in the back of my mind saying, why is he going to be important if we're catching butterflies? Like how is he relate a white supremacist leader relate to catching these crazy alien type people? Right. And, and like Robert Patrick, obviously notorious or like not notorious, but known for famously known for playing one of the most iconic villains of all time in a movie, mm-hmm. right. From Terminator 2. So it's like, you got to expect he's going to have like some type of villainous role here. And uh, you see the antagonist relationship he has with his son based off like him just purely getting shot <laughs> just because <laughs> he was shot. And then with that Pathetic. whole sequence, I thought was amazing where they talked about blood sport. He had a fear of rats and then they had rat catcher two summon the rats. And like, he was like, Robert Patrick can't breathe because he's laughing so hard. And he goes like, this wouldn't be happened to be the guy who shot you, would it? <laughs> and then Cena goes, well, this is a project, uh, project. What's it called? Starfish, Starfish. was a uh, label confidential. <laughs> I can't, I can't discuss anything else. Uh, yeah, but like I'm excited for that aspect too. So mm-hmm. that's going to do it for our Peacemaker recap. Let's stay tuned for next week. Let's now move on to Book of Boba Fett, Ricky Flicks. Uh, Boba Fett, we're three episodes in. We're a little late. We're doing one a week, premiering on Disney Plus every Wednesday, I believe. Uh, what do you think of this show so far? Uh, how does it compare to The Mandalorian, one that had such a banger of a season two? I think it's okay. I think it's good, not great. I think, I think like, it, it gives you what you want as a Star Wars fan, right? Like it's giving you all the Star Wars elements and nostalgia. I just think that as a whole, it's just not living up to what the Mandalorian did in season two, right? And it's impossible with all the cameos that happened there. And we're probably going to see a lot more coming in this show, even perhaps by the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal later this season. But I just think that, a lot of it, like my critiques of Mandalorian season one was it was all, it seemed too adventure based. Everything it was all these side off adventures that have no meaning and, and honestly did not have a meaning for the entirety of the show so far. And it's that's what this one, like, I do like how it's like, he's building up an empire or trying to at least. And I, I do like that, but again, it kind of feels adventure where it's like, Oh, I have a task like, Oh, gotta get the, go to the water trader and fix this. And that's how he gets a security detail. I don't know. It just seems kind of off, especially because the, the when you're watching it, it looks like it's clearly a Hollywood set. Like it really? looks like a set. I think the flashbacks clearly don't because it's a desert. But I think that like his dungeon, like the dungeon and his home base, like all these are clearly like shot like from a set. 
in my opinion. I don't think it looks good. I think you have a point in some regard. I feel like this show has not done the best job ingraining the audience into Tatooine. And I think a huge reason for that is like the third episode just stuck out so much to me where you have these cyborgs that you don't care for, very bland characters that are now becoming a part of Boba Fett's, like uh, his protection, his security for his, uh, as the daimyo of this like village in Tatooine. So it makes me think like they don't have, they have the Power Ranger looking motorcycles that are like these bright colors. It's like, it doesn't fit Tatooine. Tatooine's supposed to be pretty bland. It's supposed to be very bleak. Right. And where these streets are dangerous and things like that. And then you have like these Power Ranger type motorcycles. I'm just like, I'm not buying it right now. Yeah, the technology, like the so, the cyborg character. Yeah. Like it, it seems kind of off. I did, to me, it those characters brought nothing to the table. Like I was just, I, I was, I, there's no way I was like, I want to see more of these characters next episode. If anything, I was saying, I want to see less of these characters. But I also had another sh- like sharp criticism of this show. I don't like the way they're portraying Boba Fett. I that's I have, I have a big gripe with it as well. So what I was I'll, I'll let you speak on it in a sec, but the way original fans of the, the of the original trilogy, I should say, Boba Fett is so badass. Like he's mm. in the fifth episode five, beginning of episode six, right? He doesn't say much. He always has his mask on. You don't know what's going on underneath. He's a man of few words, right? If any. And this season of the book of Boba Fett, and even Mandalorian, the show, he came off as a badass as well, where he like there, he's an impenetrable force. Uh, he's just going to mess you up. And then he's also just going to take no prisoners. This show he's had, he's been soft. He's just been soft the Very. entire time. So it's like when he has an opportunity, right. With like these cyborgs, when he could punish them, like they're stealing, they're committing crimes as when he's the daimyo, he's the leader of this, like this village or town, right. And replacing um, uh, job of the hut. He doesn't punish them. He's like, Oh, just bring them onto my team. Right. Oh, we don't, they don't have to pay back the money they stole. And then he just doesn't put his foot down. Like you expect a lot of times he's making friends with the Tuscan Raiders. And like, when he finds out they've been decimated, these are the people that actually kidnapped him. And then, like, he's, like, burying them and giving them a proper burning of their bodies. It's just, to me, I always thought of him as a badass. But really, Fennec is the badass in this show. Mm. So, am I, like, aligning with your thoughts regarding, like, the softness? Definitely. He's way too soft. And I think what I was, my big gripe is what you're saying. But I'll kind of spin it a different way. Is that it's like they make it a point that he, like, they make it a point that he's taken off his helmet. Right. And I think that's what's making him like human, right? Not a bounty hunter, badass, mercenary right. type figure. But it's like, no, we that's what that's why we have a show of Boba Fett is because the fans love how badass he is, or his perception was a man of few words that you said, and the intimidation factor. But you just don't get that here. And you get it that with Fennec, but not with the leader of the show. And it's very odd. And I was thinking maybe it's just like, hey, tomorrow, Morrison, maybe he's just too old. He's too old and he can't do it. So what I think is that they should just keep the helmet on more and then just have a stunt double just do everything. Do every single action sequence and have him dominate more because he gets his ass whooped every time he's on the screen. And he just doesn't get dominated. He's supposed to be this great bounty hunter, but he Static always has his back. Yeah, he's not like a John Wick or Equalizer that we were talking about earlier or like a Deadpool. Like he is not 
like that at all. And, but he's supposed to be. It's terrible. There's not enough of him dominating. And he's the main character. That's the reason we have a show. I think that's very bad. I think they got to change that up. But now it seems like it's too late. But we'll see. I, Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in agreement. Like, obviously, like, he, they're making him a little different from what you expected to see from like the original trilogy. Like he was just so intimidating by just his presence. And when he takes off that mask, you're right. They're showing his human side, but that's not really the side I'm looking to see. I'm Nobody to is. See, I'm looking to see him absolutely sniping and dominating just like Mandalorian, like Mandalorian. It was so much effect when he took his mask off for the rare time, right at the end. He's only taking it off three times in the history of the show. I feel like Boba Fett, is not wearing the mask more than he is wearing the mask, right? Yeah, definitely. He's definitely and he's out not of shape. wearing the mask. He's, he's, like, he, he's like out of shape. He's a little like overweight and stuff. So it just, it doesn't have the same effect like the old Boba Fett. I do kind of like what they're doing in terms of uh, fan nostalgia, Star Wars IP. We got the Jabba the Hutt descendants, the twins that have showed up and they put the hit on Boba Fett. They hire the, this like evil looking Wookiee, Kersenton who now is going to looks like it's going to be a part of this world at Tatooine, right? In this village that Boba Fett is watching over. And then they also have uh, like the Tusken Raiders, the sand people, right? I do like that. They're, they're incorporating so many elements that made like, makes this world recognizable. They had C-3PO and then like you all like type of characters, these droids that look familiar. They're really trying to ingrain you in the experience. And, um, were, were, were you digging it? Do you, do you like what they're doing uh, with like the IP here and like uh, making it familiar to Star Wars fans? I definitely do like it because it, it because if they need to have that or else it doesn't seem like a Star Wars, especially when uh, Boba Fett is not dominating. So they need to have that and there's no lightsabers. So you need to have those nostalgic factors. So I think they did great. They showed the Tusken Raiders some love, like we mentioned with the flashbacks there. And they gave them a story, which they never had. You just heard like, all right, they, there used to be oceans and now it's sand or whatever. So that was nice. An evil Wookiee, that was awesome. But he just runs away off the set. It literally looked like he ran off a set. I was just like. I hated that. It, it was embarrassing. Dude. I thought that was awful. Terrible directing. Dude. That was terrible. You know what I thought? You know what I thought was the one of the worst moments of the episode? It was the actual fight with the evil Wookiee. Sarantan? Or it looked I think his bad. Name I couldn't see. I felt like it was watching the It looked bad. I couldn't see though. Like literally, I thought it was batter when a batter Winterfell battle of Winterfell because it was so damn dark. Am I? Is it the same thing for you? I couldn't see the action. It was fighting. very dark, and I think that like the evil Wookie, his he looks awesome. Like his in episode two when the huts come, the descendants come. Uh, the I got excited when saying, I saw that. When you saw the evil Wookie, it was like, whoa, this guy is a badass. Like, I don't want to mess with this guy. But then like they make it so dark. And then, then Boba Fett gets his ass whooped. It's just like, what are we doing? I mean, we have the kids detail trapping him. Like, I don't know. I, I I just have a lot of problems with like, what are my favorite parts of Boba Fett or the Mandalorians in general? They're just not doing that at all. At all. And what they're doing is like this coming to power type show. But his coming to power is like, you kind of feel bad for him because nothing's working. He's not respected. It's slow. It seems very robotic, not just by the way he walks, but the script. It just seems very, it's not organic. Like with Peacemaker, it's not as, as organic. I agree. Um, acting hasn't been impressive. I think Tamora Morrison 
it's like we didn't expect him to ever come back and actually have a substantial role as Boba Fett, you know? Mm-hmm. And if like this guy is what has he done to actually make us believe that he can handle a role like this? We have Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian. He can handle this because he's Pedro freaking Pascal. Tomorrow Morrison has not proven that he can handle this just from a few lines and attack of the clones. Um, I want to talk about also he's in flat. Oh, sorry. Like, Go ahead. Like he made it like he was, he was, uh, like Aquaman's dad, right? And oh yeah, a, forgot about that. Yeah, he was Aquaman's dad. He's gonna be an Aquaman again. He's gonna be in the Flash. So maybe we get Aquaman there, by the way. But he's gonna be in the Flash movie coming out this later this year. So it's just like he's been in a lot of TV shows and stuff like that, but never like the lead or anything like that. So it's a I tall just, task. You're the head of a Disney Plus Star Wars show that's a spinoff of the biggest phenomenon. I would have been probably okay. streaming history, mm. like or one of the biggest phenomenons streaming history. I, I would have been OK, like recasting because he's just so old and it looks it. And maybe that's why he, could, he can't dominate. But then you just have put the just keep put the mask on and then just have a stunt double. That's the easiest cop out. Yeah. He doesn't have to do anything. Like he just doesn't have mm. to do anything. And they're putting more over reliance on the actual acting and the character and the dialogue. Right. It's just they don't have to. Um, I do want to talk about something. I I know we keep ripping on this show a little bit. I don't think it's nearly as good as The Mandalorian, but Near, not nearly. The flashbacks. I like the first flashback where they're talking about uh, what happened to Boba Fett following. The beginning of episode six everyone wondered like the rancor he fights the rancor and then eventually he's eaten but then he bursts out of it that they we needed to see that as star wars fans perfect because i remember our father talking with us saying like there's no way they're making boba fett come back you can't because he's dead like you needed to show how he was resurrected quote unquote or how he is going to be able to survive in this universe following the events of the beginning of return of the jedi so i love that but beyond that Unless this is going to really connect with the future of this series and the story that is being developed, I don't necessarily want to see anything else. Like, I just wanted to see what happened. I don't want to keep going back and forth. All right. We know he's seen some stuff. He's in the back of the tank, just reflecting the entire time about, like, how hard his life has been. We know his life's been hard. Unless if these, like, flashbacks don't lead to, like, maybe the people that are now coming to, like – take over the village right that he is looking over i don't really want to see any more flashbacks i don't care it has you know? to relate to the show at some point the tuscan raider thing like i said it was nice for the tuscan raiders to get some love but yeah did that really <laughs> make boba fett a better person or anything like that like come on now like what are we doing like it doesn't really matter that's not the reason why i watch this show that's not like that doesn't really matter so they got to get to the point how many episodes are left three uh, is it it's six episodes? Six, it's only six episodes. I, I don't I was know. It was more. Is it more? I, I don't know. I know, but Obi Wan Kenobi is going to be only six. Seven episodes. There's going to be seven. Man, I don't so know. So we're already ha- almost halfway through. So th- this, these flashbacks have got to get to a point. And I do agree that I was happy to see, like, all right, there's our explanation. We're done there. But then they did more. So it's like, all right, there's got to be a point to it. This is not make it like I said with like Mandalorian type adventures, right? One off adventures. We're just doing this to fill screen time. Let's actually have a purpose behind this, and it's not just have it to be. Oh, he's he's becoming a complete person, right? No, make it relate to the show more than that. Yeah, I feel like there's some empty flashbacks. Like you just feel like okay, what is there's no substance. You could have like done like the like fast forward button probably through them. Right, hundred percent. And then also before we as we wrap up here, Danny Trejo. 
as the trainer for the Rancor. Like, I feel like they were doing something wrong by not having him on the bike. Like, you feel like he's natural. You should be on a bike or something. Yes. Ripping off Good points. Machete himself. Like, he's got to be, like, on a bike, like, kicking butt. But Dang, uh, that's – wow. That's a good point. I, I uh, When I saw him, I was, like, complete shocked. I was like, what? Like, Danny Trejo getting in Star Wars? But I then like I was it. like, wait, makes sense. Robert Rodriguez, producers on the sh- producer on the show. Obviously, exactly. frequent collaborator with Danny, Dre- Danny Trejo and also with Tamara Morrison. So it's just like, all right, this makes sense. Like, Perfect. whatever. But he was good. Like, whatever. Not important character yet. Yet. But I don't know. It was nice to see. Good change of pace. He's going to be like Bill Burr in Mandalorian. That's just like the substance yes. of his character, yes. the size cool. of his character. You yeah, know, it's exactly. like similar, similar star power. And uh, they're just some recognizable uh, faces that would definitely want to be a part of this iconic franchise. Mm. Uh, that's going to do it for our recap of the book of Boba Fett. What we want to do now is recap, break down the latest trailer of MCU's newest series, Moon Knight. All right, Flix. Uh, the day we're recording, uh, the new Moon Knight trailer is dropping. Uh, we've now watched it. Uh, we're here to give our initial reactions. I personally have only seen it once. I haven't watched it more than once. I've just uh, kind of been enjoying the football game. But what are our instant reactions to this upcoming series starring Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke for the MCU? Chaos. <laughs> looks very chaotic, pun intended. I think that's a good thing because he has multiple, he has a personality disorder, right? He has multiple personalities. So it makes sense why it's uh, very dis- disjointed, but I do think that for a trailer like that on Monday night football playoff game, millions of viewers, that is tough to sell, but I'm very excited. Still, you saw the big, you saw the stars, you saw Oscar Isaac, you saw Ethan Hawk, Ethan Hawk walk looking like a cult leader type in that red, uniform but then everyone bowing down to him in the middle of a city street very weird very cult-like very interesting what do you how about you what do you think i don't really, i didn't like the trailer to be no. honest no it didn't do it for me it didn't i was i was excited just when you read the names oscar isaac ethan hawk marvel then moon knight series and then you get this characters exciting with a multiple personality disorder it focused almost way too much on the mental aspect and not enough on him actually as Moon Knight. That's what I want to see. Like we saw like sh- sh- like short glimpses of him in the white suit and he looks phenomenal. White suit looked great though. Looks yeah. phenomenal. And uh, I wish we saw him like jumping a little bit more in action other than the part of him beating on the guy we already saw a uh, short clip of. I feel like it didn't really give me anything I was excited for other than Ethan Hawke. Because Ethan Hawke is the, I think the intrigue that comes from tonight's trailer and that's where he has that cult status. Like, what is he instilling in these people, right? What character is he exactly playing? Did he, did he, I don't know if he's going to have, like, a, a look to him, if he's going to be wearing a certain costume or whatnot. It's kind of hard to tell at this point. But uh, it, was, it seemed like it was kind of all over the place, and I think that might have been intentional just because that's the personality that Oscar Isaac has in this movie. He doesn't know his, like, identity. He's confused, right, by right. his actions and like who's actually causing him to do this like what person he actually thinks he is what he's doing these things so uh i don't know i just uh, it looks intriguing obviously it's marvel but uh it didn't capture my attention the way i hope it did 
but it's definitely different, right? Like in the other Disney Plus shows, it's definitely more lighthearted, uh, not as serious. And this trailer is definitely showing that. And it still had its comedic effects, but it was more towards like, like I was looking for my contacts when he's in the elevator, right? Like it definitely was a very subtle sense of sense of comedy and not, not forced, which I did like. And I think going forward, I think, like, I think also just actually to bring back to what you were saying, they did not show anything related to his past besides the personality disorder. Like this is a former CIA operative, right. And uh, Marine Corps. So like under, he was an underground boxer, heavyweight boxer, like he has so much to the story that's so interesting and actually how, like, why he's so skilled as like a mercenary. So they didn't, they didn't show anything relative to that. So hopefully in the next full trailer before March, which, Hey, March 30th, it's coming up in two months. That's crazy. It's a, they gave us a date and it, that and it's coming up. That's awesome. Um, that's, it just seems like we're waiting for more. This is just kind of something to tease us, I guess. Yeah, and this is obviously a very exciting project. It's the first MCU project of 2022. Right after this, right, we have Doctor Strange and into the Multiverse of Madness coming right after. So it's going to have like that mystic type of feel to it with the cult status of like Ethan Hawke's character. And uh, it's definitely, it could connect in some way, which is cool. And uh, I think it's, uh, was it maybe i don't know maybe like moon knight has like sharp connections with blade maybe we get some blade like mm. hints here maybe that's a what post i'm credit, hoping for post credit with blade potentially you see eternals. blade after his voice was featured in eternals when dane whitman grabs the ebony blade but uh we'll see you know it's just uh, i don't think it gave away really anything other than the fact that ethan hawk is a cult leader in this movie and then oscar isaac has a multiple personality disorder yeah, that's, that pretty much sums it up. It was nothing really too in depth. They also show a like Kenoshu, whatever the the guy is that gives Mark um, Oscar Isaac's character the personality disorder. So they show him, but it's he's similar to like the Shazam like character that gives Shazam the powers. Similar type of situation there. They showed a glimpse of him, which was cool, but not really anything clear, such as the rest of this trailer. So. They gave a couple of the teasers, a couple other things, but nothing really concrete. Yeah, I'm just more excited to look at the still that someone pulls up of him in the white costume. And then uh, that picture of him, uh, that, that video, a short clip of him jumping on the roof. And that'll be a nice gift that I can watch before March 30th or before the next trailer. So it'll give me uh, just a little bit of content to enjoy. That roof to roof jump, Disney Plus is already utilizing that to their advantage with their logo. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was a great way to end the trailer and then it was a great promo lining up. And then here comes the third quarter for the Rams Cardinals game. Yeah, it was perfect. Is but I think just going even step back here again, March 30th, like that is huge. It's this is before Doctor Strange in May, like you said. I think after the Batman, like the Batman hype, it'll be a month after the Batman almost. That that hype will kind of die down than MCU project. That's like very well done, I think, because then you'll have a little bit of a lag between the next superhero project. What do they do? Moon Knight's ready. Then they're going to send that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And then Marvel, once that series gets going, they won't stop till the end of the year. Yeah. I get Thor Love and Thunder. We got the Marvels coming this year. She-Hulk, I believe, coming mm-hmm. this year. It's, uh, it's not going to stop. It's going to be a full-on train combination similar to this year. Movies and TV shows. Um, that's going to do it for our breakdown and our in, uh, initial reactions to the Moon Knight trailer. 
And that's going to do it for our episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether it's Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, make sure you give us a review, rate us five stars, and we will love you forever. You'll be our best friends. And uh, we'll shout you out in the pod as long as you leave that five-star review and there's a name under it. Uh, make sure you follow us on all our social media, at the Drive-In Pod on Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, right? Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. We're putting out clips on a weekly basis, about three to four a week. So make sure you're subscribed there, and uh, we'll deliver, all right, as always. That's going to do it uh, for Ricky Flex. I'm Dr. O. Until next time, we will smell.